to do things, like forces them to serve black customers. Ben Shapiro has openly stated that the victims of Andrew Tate is fact, apparently. This is not a falsehood. Here you go. This is the one thing I could have found. Oh, here. Wait, this is from a month ago. Wait, what the fuck? Practical matter needed to be able to cudgel people away from bigotry. You can make that, that case. I don't make that case. I think that the federal government was perfectly justified in going to the states and obliterating all of the segregation regimes that existed in the states. I do not think that the federal government had the power constitutionally or morally or philosophically to compel individuals not to engage in constitutionally protected behavior, even behavior I don't particularly like, like, for example, banning Jews at country clubs. I'm a Jew, not in favor of banning Jews at country clubs. I'm not in favor of banning black people from restaurants. Do I think that the government, the federal government, had the power to compel the individual bed and breakfast owner to determine it, to, that the federal government could override that person's priorities in, in terms of who they had in their house? No, I don't think the federal government had that power. However, he's literally saying, like, the federal government cannot compel private businesses to engage in segregation. He says that it is immoral. Not the not the act of like engaging in segregation as an individual business owner, but the federal government telling individual businesses they can't do that. He says it's unconstitutional, immoral, unjustifiable, and unethical. That's from a month ago, dog. He's wearing the same fucking shirt in this video as he is from one month ago. Ben Shapiro, and he said this time and time again, discussing the Civil Rights Act says the legislation from the 60s was important in doing away with states' governments that promoted segregation, but that it overreached by attempting to compel individuals to not engage in behavior or action that could be seen as protected by the Constitution. This is his, like, I'm going to do racism shirt, I guess. So just, I wanted to show that to you before we got into Ben Shapiro now, wearing, ironically, the same exact fucking shirt, as he talks about MLK and his legacy, okay? On this day, MLK Day, let's take a look. We have to engage in a woke Bernie Sanders redistributionist agenda. So today's example comes courtesy of Esau Macaulay, writing Hello, for the New everybody. York Times, the kind of revolution that Martin Luther King Jr. envisioned. Quote, in 1968, four days before he was shot on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel, in Memphis, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his last Sunday sermon at the Washington National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. It was entitled Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution. And although King doesn't say the word woke, he uses the concept as it was understood by many black folks then, well before the term was co-opted by the political right to refer to any left-leaning policy it wanted to condemn. The sermon is an opportunity to encounter the real king, who is too often obfuscated by politicians who use his legacy to support their own agendas. They contend that King was colorblind when, in fact, his policy aims were unapologetically color-conscious. Okay, well, if that were... I mean, yeah, literally. One of his policy aims you are dissecting and agreeing against, which is, you know, the Civil Rights Act, which was uh, intended to destroy segregation across the board, including in private businesses. So that in and of itself, other than like, we're not even talking about like MLK's legacy, what he actually truly believed in. Nobody in liberal media even ever will mention that he was a democratic socialist. He was like literally pro-Ho Chi Minh, anti-Vietnam War, anti-imperialist, pro-socialist. Like 
They will never mention that. Liberals don't want to mention that. Republicans don't want to mention that. Partially because they're all right-wing pieces of shit, right? They have whitewashed his legacy in that regard. Aggressively so. Okay? But this takes it one step fucking further when you take a guy whose entire lives, uh, his, his entire work, okay, revolves around creating equality for black people and says, no, actually, he is colorblind. You're wrong. To do, to do white supremacist agitprop, the gall, every fucking year we do this, whether it be Black History Month or on MLK Day, every fucking year we do this for an entire month of February and certainly on MLK Day where we look through a list of some of the most unhinged right-wing fucking tweets from psychotic right-wingers who very much would have been against MLK at the time or are still against MLK's ideas now, bastardizing his words and his moves and his movement to specifically do the most counterproductive thing on the fucking planet, which is, uh, you know, uplift, normalize, and defend white supremacist constructs. Or the part of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday that we were actually celebrating. Okay, but that's not what we're celebrating. If you had asked people in 1983 when this was enshrined into federal law, are they in favor of a national holiday that enshrines the idea of group redistributionism? The answer is no. There would not have been support for that. The thing that every school child learns when they are in school about Martin Luther King Jr. is the I Have a Dream speech, right? One of the great speeches in American rhetorical history. That speech is replete with references to the idea that we should all view each other as God's creatures without reference to color an attempt to backfill that by looking at the fact that Martin Luther King Jr. was economically socialistic does not change the fact that that is not what we are actually celebrating about Martin Luther King Jr. on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And, and trying to claim that that is what we are celebrating is silly. I mean, 67% of uh, America was against MLK at the time of his assassination. 67%. So going back to that era and using, like, uh, the, the way that people... Uh, like what people thought about MLK or his agenda as a good metric is pretty fucking silly, I think. Especially if we are now living in 2023 and you understand that you're supposed to, you know, look at him as a positive figure, right? Because Ben Shapiro is not stupid enough to shit on MLK because that's like a pretty obvious way to be like, oh, you're a fucking gigantic racist. It's so racist that other races will be like, oh man, that's a, that's a bridge too far, I think. Or that that's what we should be celebrating because in order to celebrate the part of the legacy we like, we have to celebrate the whole thing. Wrong. We don't have to celebrate his treatment of women and we don't have to celebrate his socialistic redistribution. Of oh, here we go. At least he's honest about MLK's background to shit on him. His policies, I but like in a, in a woke, in a, in a way that is like appropriate. There are a bunch of things about Martin Luther King Jr. that are not, not the, not the his treatment of women part. I'm talking about his socialism. Worth celebrating. And then there are a bunch of things that are worth celebrating. And those are not the same thing. However, again, the idea here is that if you really, really want the Martin Luther King Jr. revolution, what you need is a compelling case for reparations based on the debt this country owes its black citizens. By the way, even if you were going to make this case in 1968, like directly in the aftermath of Jim Crow, it's very difficult to make that case in 2023. You're talking about half a century later. But says this columnist for King, waking up is not simply understanding that racism is bad. 
It is acknowledging that racism created generational wealth for white Americans and robbed black Americans of the same economic boost. The racial wealth gap King highlighted in his sermon not only persists, but according to some studies, is basically the same as it was in 1968. Well, then I have a question. The United States has undertaken the spending of tens of trillions of dollars in social redistributionist schemes, ranging from food stamps to welfare to government-subsidized housing to government-subsidized college admissions policy that is racially discriminatory in nature. And the wealth gap remains. Why is it that wealth gap remains when it has closed for virtually every other minority in the United States? The answer certainly has to do some with history, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that you have a 75% out of wedlock birth rate in the black community. Yeah, leave, dude, what a fucking slimy, gross loser, dude. Yo, even on MLK Day, you got to respect it a little bit. He's like, he is so insanely racist. He couldn't even, bro, he could not even take one day off from the racism. You know what I mean? He's just like, nope, I'm going to go extra hard on this day, okay? That's what MLK would want me to do. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Hitting all the high notes. Black people are born out of wedlock. It's like, dude, 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 dude. There are two reasons. Okay, there can only be two reasons as to why black people underperform in modern society in comparison to white people, okay? And we're talking about like middle-class black American versus a middle-class white American family. Their children and their children's performance is going to be drastically different, okay? It's true. Now, it's either external factors such as uh, their material conditions and centuries of segregation and slavery, and also, of course, the impact of such, uh, such institutional, institutionalized, codified uh, segregation and also racism, discrimination, still being a, a very prominent feature of black existence in contemporary society. Like, for example, no, it's not generational trauma, okay? For example, every... African descendant of slave in this country, okay, every black person pretty much in this country is one and a half generations removed from abject poverty. One and a half generations removed. How does that happen? How? Why did that happen? Think about it for a second. Because segregation wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? Even slavery and the abolition of it, not that long ago. Okay? And at no point has restitution been offered to black people in this country. It's never happened. Black people have still been weaponized and their existence has still been weaponized and they have been cast aside and pushed into uh, areas that are low income that have been purposely starved out. Okay? How you've never corrected that wrong. You've never turned around and, and said, you know what, actually this is fucked up, let's fix it. Okay? All of that is systemic. That's an external factor. So if you recognize that, you have to recognize systemic racism exists. On the inverse of that, on the other side, there's another uh, reason. The, 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 the idea that Ben Shapiro and Republicans in general push for because they say systemic racism doesn't exist, and that is intrinsic factors. And that is racism. That's it. It's either external factors or internal factors. 
either black people have been held back in a systemic way, and if you understand American history, even in the most basic understanding of American history, should allow you to recognize that it is actually black people being held back as a consequence of racism, as a consequence of slavery, as a consequence of segregation, okay? Or it's internal. And that means that you believe black people are just genetically inferior. And that is precisely why they've been held back. That's just racism. That's white supremacy. That's it. That's it. It's simple. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. And now, of course, it's, uh, it's, it's now considered a faux pas to be so open about your white supremacist values, which is precisely the reason why these guys dance around the subject. They say it's culture. It's culture. Really? Rap music is a prominent part of black culture in this country. Black culture, I would say, is probably the most exploited but also the most successful form of American culture and American identity. Everybody listens to, uh, to, to black music. Everybody listens to black trends. Everybody follows black trends. Everybody is, is very much internationally following black culture. So why does it impact black people differently then? Because even if you are to talk about culture, okay? Even if you are to say that like, oh, it's black culture, that's why they're held back which is a cowardly way to say it's, ra it's, it's their race, okay? These pussies can't fucking say race anymore, so they say it's culture, it's culture. Why is it that it impacts black communities differently? Black culture, I mean. Is it that, like, black people listen to rap music and it, it hits a different frequency? Because more white people listen to uh, rap than, than black people do. There's more white people out there. <laughs> Why doesn't it impact white people in the same way? It's just a way to shift the conversation away from using the scary word, the R word, racism. It's, it's, you don't want to say race, so you say it's culture. That's what they do. That's it. Everybody consumes black culture. Why doesn't it impact? If, if it is simply a cultural difference, everybody consumes black culture. The most popular form of culture. The vernacular becomes uh, commonplace. The word cool is, is black vernacular, okay? It is. Everybody says it. Ben Shapiro says it. So what's up? Why is it that only black people supposedly are, uh, you know, impacted by this? Not. It's external. It's systemic racism. But of course, these motherfuckers don't want to admit that because that would undermine their entire worldview because they're racist. That's it. You have dramatic educational underperformance in the black community. Now, you can go back to the original sin here and you can blame it on the original sin. And that's all, that's all well and good. But the decisions that are going to change the trajectory of the wealth gap in the United States are decisions that are made today not by governments who sign checks. There are decisions made on an individual level to be responsible and to help make life better for your children. That is the story of how groups, generally speaking, rise in the... What does birth rate out of wedlock have to do with these things? I mean, there's also a reason for that as well. That's like a very racist way of saying black people don't want to be in like a, in a you know, 
two uh two parent household because like they're promiscuous. It just goes back to like black men being violent and uh the 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 age old stereotype of like black men being primal and animalistic and violent and like uh, hypersexualized. It's like a very common fucking trope that Ben Shapiro is like trying to pinpoint. Okay? They make it seem like it's a it, that that mode of existence, which by the way is also bastardized because despite being out of wedlock, uh, black men, according to studies at the very least, happen to be in the lives of their children significantly more than the way that, like, uh, you know, conservative media presents it as such, even if they are not in uh, a, a, a government-recognized marriage. But some of the reasons as to why there is a statistical anomaly there or a disparity there, because there is one, is fucking the criminal justice system. Okay? One out of five black children in this country have one parent that's incarcerated. That number goes up to one out of 42 for white people. What the fuck do you mean? That's crazy. Oh my God, I can't believe. He said, wrong. I wonder why your name is nobody listens to me. Why do we have so many fucking weird like uh alt uh, like sock accounts in today? Yeah, new account. Whoa, calm down, Roid Rage. I'm saying it wrong. That that's true. Roid Rage. Oh, school's out. It's MLK Day. That's why a lot of people are on their burners talking shit. Here, take thirty seconds off. Reconsider what you said. My man said Roid Rage. I fucking wish. United States, members, individual members of the groups, not as groups, individual members of the groups make good decisions. When they make good financial and personal decisions, the wealth in their family increases. And when the wealth in their family increases, it increases intergenerationally. This is how you cure the problem. I will agree with you about the problem with the evils of Jim Crow and slavery. Of course, of course. And I'll agree with you that that obviously puts some groups behind the eight ball to start with in 1965. But when you're talking about 2023, and the people who are now experiencing the wealth gap being born 40 years after the Civil Rights Act, then you got to start asking questions as to how do you choose to solve the problem? But the answer is that we are just going to say that we need to, to recommend the same solutions that Martin Luther King Jr. was talking about. One in five incarcerated, but isn't it the fault of the person who committed the crime? Genuine question, because that will be the conservative's argument. Better call Saul. That's a great question. Crime, most crime is not a consequence of people being evil or bad or wrong. Crime is a consequence of poverty. If you recognize the underlying material reasons as to why crime persists in certain communities, and you recognize that those certain communities have been held back, specifically through systemic discrimination, you will now arrive at the truth about why black men are over-policed and also incarcerated at higher rates. There's also even... There's also even like easy statistics to point to 
that even liberals will understand without trying to recognize the, the underlying material conditions. For example, black men, <coughs> black men go to prison and have longer sentences for the exact same kinds of crimes that white men are, uh, are, not, uh, are not suffering uh, under the same conditions in the criminal justice system, like weed. Black men and white men smoke weed at the same rates, okay? But black men get longer sentences and also uh, are more likely to go to prison when they're caught with uh, this same amount of weed. They're arrested at four times the rate, despite the fact that they consume, uh, they, they, you know, use drugs at the same exact rate. It's codified in crack versus cocaine sentencing as well. Yes, that was a, a, a byproduct of the war on drugs. Shouts out to Joe Brandon. When the factors in the business left by communities due to racism, house where families supposed to get by. Yeah, I mean, look. How do you talk to liberals who agree on a lot of the same things <coughs> you do, but refuse to link any social failure to capitalism every time they just say vote harder or them just being an optimist, not a realist? Slowly, you just slowly chip away at it. Black communities are consistently, historically, and in contemporary society underserved. They have less access to funds. They have been cast aside deliberately, systematically, and also are over-policed. The irony of that, the dark irony of that situation, the circumstances, is really dire. When you think about it, these guys are paying fucking taxes, okay? In a very simple way. I'll explain it. Black people go to work. They pay taxes, okay? Those taxes then fund the same police force that ends up jailing their children, jailing their friends, jailing their neighbors. (coughs) (coughs) Those police salaries then (coughs) create white police enclaves or police enclaves in neighborhoods away from black neighborhoods. So black people end up... (coughs) I just (coughs) swallowed my own spit, sorry. (coughs) I'm having a hard time. So black people end up paying the salaries of the very same people that can then turn around and build nice neighborhoods for themselves because cops have pretty fucking solid jobs, pretty solid job security, as you already know. And also on top of that, uh, you know, uh, a good benefits package. And when you get, uh, when you, when you have a higher salary like that, you can also move into a fucking neighborhood or build a neighborhood out that, uh, has better education, better opportunities for their children. So black people literally, black people literally end up fucking paying the people that kill them on the streets, the people that jail them, the people that jail their families by over-policing them, by putting them inside of the system early on. It's, 
a crazy process. Which is why you have another column in the Washington Post today by Perry Bacon Jr. saying the racial reckoning led to lots of talk, but little real change. And he points out many American leaders and institutions will honor the legacy of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. on Monday and pledge to work toward his goals. But they also most certainly won't sound as committed to black causes as they did in the weeks immediately following Floyd's murder by Minneapolis police. Well, right. I mean, that's because in the aftermath of, of George Floyd's killing by Derek Chauvin, essentially, you had a bunch of woke virtue signaling. People didn't look at the original situation of the case and say there is no evidence of actual racial bias in this particular case. There's a lot of evidence, in fact, that, that George Floyd was yeah. a kite. He can make no, no. Famously, uh, famously, there was uh, there was none, of course. You know, cops just fucking brutally execute white people on like a, a on a on a fake check charge regularly in front of like 40 people. They, it, that happens so frequently, man. Sentencing disparities, <clears throat> none of that exists. Uh, Over-policing, none of that exists. It's just a fabrication and not a byproduct of a otherwise white supremacist system of existence. Make the case, and the case apparently was made to the satisfaction of the jury, if not to my own satisfaction in court, that Derek Chauvin was responsible for his death. Again, I think the evidence there is really, really sketchy, but okay. This man hit all the high notes. He said black people are fatherless. Uh, and just left it there. He said, uh, George Floyd was not executed by a racist cop. Cop was not racist. I mean, he's hitting, dude, MLK Day, baby. He's hitting all the high notes. But nobody even <clears throat> alleged that that was the result of racism, that Derek Chauvin was a racist who decided to kill a black man that day. And yet it didn't matter. The entire country decided they were going to virtue signal on this basis. And then when it came down to actual policy, they didn't actually do anything. Why? Because it turns out the vast majority of Americans don't agree with racially redistributionist policy. And so I understand why there are people like Perry Bacon Jr. who are mad that, that, that America virtue signaled and then didn't do the stuff that they wanted. I get it. They feel fibbed to because they were fibbed to mainly by a bunch of left-wing media types who decided that they were going to pay lip service to the Black Lives Matter cause without actually embracing the Black Lives Matter agenda. And so this is why we're going to get these, these pieces every single day. And by the way, the, the policies that are being advocated are bad. The policies that are being advocated by Black Lives Matter, the policies that were advocated by Martin Luther King in 1968, even if they were temporarily justifiable, would have been bad in the short, medium, and long term. And yet those policies are still being advocated today. So, for example, you have the New York Times today arguing in favor of affirmative action. Affirmative action has been one of the giantest fails in American political history. As mentioned, the wealth gap in the United States has not been alleviated. The notion that affirmative action, which was necessary in order to leverage black students who were underperforming on standardized tests into top-level universities, that this would heal the income and wealth gap in the United States was a lie. It is not true. It creates misalignment. It creates higher dropout rates. It means that, that people who actually didn't need affirmative action in order to get into their schools are looked at askance wrongly. And yet you have the New York Times lamenting the possibility that affirmative action might fall. Of course, affirmative action should fall. The answer to racial discrimination is to stop racially discriminating. The answer to racial discrimination is not to then reverse the racial discrimination, obviously. And at the New York Times is preemptively lamenting the loss of affirmative action. Quote. Oh, okay, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do the rest of this. Okay, I, I, I will lose my mind. Listen, affirmative action is a bandaged solution. It's not the best one. 
but it's the only one that liberals have like been able to push forward. Um, <clears throat> and the unfortunate for Ben Shapiro reality of, of uh, you know, racial wounds being healed is that if you are segregating on the basis of race and if you are underserving communities on the basis of race, a fact that even I believe Ben Shapiro recognizes uh, in spite of all of his uh, you know, best interest to, to make it seem like it's not the case, he still recognizes that to a certain degree. He admits that racism is bad. He admits that racism did exist at a certain point. Okay? The only way to solve historic wrongs that surrounded race is by offering restitution based on race. That's just how it works. You might not like it, but that's how it fucking works. We're done. We're done with this. <clears throat> All you motherfuckers in the Discord that think that this is like a funny way to, to you know, consume this content, I'm telling you, it's, it's very annoying. Nobody likes you. Stop. Stop doing that, please. Stop. 